I can see, you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff Coat and Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Buff Coat and Beaver. Hello, everyone. Adam Kurtz, Clay Cunningham with you on episode six? No, seven. Thank you. Episode seven of Buff Coat and Beaver, a Beavis and Butthead joint. That's not a Beavis and Butthead. Uh, can you call it a joint? Right. I guess it'd be well, a Cunningham and Kurtz joint, right? I mean, does Spike Lee, like, uh, does, I mean, does he own that? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. So, you know what? This is going to be the one podcast that has the courage to take on Spike Lee. Yeah, and I'll do that because he did a terrible remake of one of my all-time favorite movies. So, you can't see it, Spike, but I'm doing the whoa pin waving. That's foul. Okay, I'm so yeah. Let's 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 keep it PG. We're more of the Scotty Pippen to Spike Lee. You know, talking trash in the front row there. Yeah, well, I think the Bulls lost that game though, didn't they? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, good start. Back on Buff Cone and Beaver. It's uh, we discuss two episodes every week. Clay, you've themed them. You've connected the two. What do we have this week? Uh, we're going a little. We teased it last week. We're going a little darker. Uh, the theme this week is episodes where Beavis literally wants to murder Butthead. Um, we have one where it's just vaguely hinted at and another where, uh, it is, uh, basically acted, those, those wishes are acted upon. Um, interesting side note, these episodes, well, first one, it's uh, close encounter and murder site are the two episodes in question aired just five weeks apart. So I don't know if that was deliberate, but one kind of get the, the seed planted and the other one, it, uh, grows into, I guess, uh, Attempted murder, but uh, enough description, Adam. Let's get to the good stuff, starting with Close Encounters. This episode aired on August 9th, 1995. It was the 39th episode of season five, written by Christopher Brown and Mike Judge, directed by Judge and Yvette Kaplan. The synopsis is as follows. Beavis and Butthead are sent to a group therapy session of people with low self-esteem to build empathy. Adam, take it away. Your thoughts on Close Encounters. It opens up great with... <laughs> McVicker is uh, Principal McVicker. What, what can he do with Beavis and Butthead? You know, he's tried everything. He's tried every di- disciplinary approach and nothing can reach them. So he uh, banishes them to group therapy, which uh, goes about as well as you can imagine. And I always wonder, how many laws is McVicker? Is McVicker breaking between no laughing and, I mean, can you really punish the kids these ways? And uh, Patsy's with buzz cuts. Uh, are these punishments within legal grounds? Maybe we need to bring in a lawyer here. Um, it's, I mean, he very, I, I know there's definitely another one where he forces them to clean asbestos without masks. That's one we're going to get into in season two. Um there's a lot of stuff. I mean, and he openly celebrated their alleged death in one episode. So that's, um, I mean, I, I mean, you don't imagine Beavis and Butthead are going to have the, uh, 
wherewithal to file a complaint. So I, I think maybe he feels emboldened and maybe he just doesn't care because, uh, yeah, they, they don't make life easy on him. Well, uh, yeah, one, one way or another, they're sent to group therapy. Principal McVicker uh, brings in, I don't know if we ever actually hear the group leader's name. I think he says his name at the start. Spelling. Spelling? He, yeah, he just, yeah, McVicker calls him Spelling. Okay. So Spelling, uh, uh, wearing all black, uh, very uh, soft-spoken, a little Van Driesen in him as well. I'd say if Steve Jobs and Mr. Van Driesen had a kid, somewhere in that uh, area. Um, so they go to group therapy um, and <laughs> it starts off with a guy who's very nervous. And I think this is what Mike Judge does well too. It just the side characters, the one-off characters, they're even the recurring minor characters are just great. And Mike, uh, who's the guy, the first guy they call on is just nervous about being there. And, uh, Asking of oh I feel like I'm a jerk and of course uh, the group leader spelling asks does anybody think that uh, Mike is being a jerk and of course uh, butthead yes <laughs> um, and then that shifts the focus to Beavis and butthead uh, yeah. after Mike almost loses it there. I like to uh, point out yeah that I think my favorite part of that whole exchange was just like after butthead said yes and then Beavis just says like. Yeah, me too. And like glares right at him and just goes, jerk. And Mike's response, and Mike just lets out a bill. Oh, God. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, and just going to point out too, like the fact, one of my favorite, probably my favorite part of the whole episode is like when he walks into McVicker's office, just looking at him and Beavis and Butter instantly horrified at this dude, yes. a black turtleneck and like a healing crystal around his neck. Just before he even says anything, they just have to, oh, they're like they're just horrified about what's in front of them. Yes, very apprehensive uh, on, on both their faces. Uh, so the, the, the focus is now shifted to Beavis and Butthead here. Um, and the leader uh, spelling asked, do you see any of yourself in Mike? <laughs> uh, just a classic one. Yeah, my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you think, like, this show is very consistent and almost never deviates when it doesn't have, when it doesn't have to, and it just, it plows ahead with all those jokes, and it, I smile every time. Is it a comparison, like like an actual ass to ass comparison? <laughs> you can read that several ways. I yes. just think that's the only way Butthead knows how to respond. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you look deeper, yes. Is, yeah. is Butthead seeing his butt being a jerk like maybe he's thinking Mike, or are their butts just similar? Yeah. And it's like, is Butthead one to check out male butts? Everything we've seen would suggest no, but maybe this is a new. A new layer to this character. So um, this leads, uh, you know, the next part that stands out to me um, <laughs> was uh, they're going through self-visualizations, you know, of, of uh, envisioning themselves kind of chanting mantras to themselves of where they want to be and what they want to go. Again, it just, just coming to butt, <laughs> just envisioning getting with the chick across the room and seeing her thingies <laughs> everybody else is like you are wise you can do it you know 
<laughs> you knew it was coming. And yeah. that's, that's uh, again, what hooks me into the show is, you know, you know damn well there's going to be some immature joke lined up and it still delivers. So yeah, uh, I, I loved that, that part of it as well. And um, yeah, it's, um, the, the, oh, yeah, they, they always meet your expectations. It's never like a super sophisticated thing, but yeah, it's, it's pretty solid. Um, and then there, here's where the, the theme kind of comes in. Cause this isn't necessarily a dark episode, but we get to an issue where, um, uh, he's trying, Mr. Spelling's trying to get them to express anger or whatever. And, um, they get to Beavis and, um, he lays a pillow on the floor and, uh, he hands him like a foam bat and he says, tell you what, it just, well, he just basically says, you know, reenact your feelings uh, about butthead. You know what? I would say, let's just play the clip. Tell you what, pretend that pillow is butthead. Really let your anger flow. You see, anger is often the first doorway into our feelings. We pass through it to our deeper I'll kill you! Self. I'll kill you! Die! 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 You <laughs> son of a bitch! Settle down, Beavis. Die! Die! Very good. Very good, Beavis. Hey, hey, And that's... I mean... I, I, I never, I never really watched the show chronologically, but I don't know, like if they ever hit it. But it's just, <laughs> we just see that moment. It's just kind of unguarded rage that comes out in Beavis, and I, I, almost I instantly. It. Yeah, yeah. He just, I mean, I don't think anybody saw it coming. And I love too, like you hear that little pause there. There's a dissolve to a quick dissolve to black, and then it fades back in, and he's on the ground like chanting "die." And the pillow, which was all in one piece, has just been ripped to shreds. <laughs> I mean, who knows how long he'd been been sitting there? And also, kind of thing we don't we get into. Um, he Spelling puts his arm around Beavis, and Beavis yells out, "Don't touch me, asswipe!" And then instead, like he instead of like taking off, he kind of he moves his hand down. Like to a level, like if Beavis was a woman, that guy would never work again. But I mean, he's really just basically groping him and in in groping a guy who he just saw reenact murdering his best friend. Not a smart move. Oh, well, you know, uh, again, McVicker with knowing spelling, sending him to these guys, sending the guys these ways. A uh, little creep factor from spelling for sure. And I don't know, was the. Um, I don't have the order down right here. I think, but was it after? I think it was after. So Beavis has shown his rage that's just been built up inside. Mm. Do they go to the one-on-one -on -one with the other group members after that? that? That's after it. Yes. Okay. So I think again, aging with this, the old man, the old man that's talking to Butthead. Um, is just like so genuinely sweet, <laughs> you know, kind. Yeah. But in the same sense, it's kind of phony. That guy doesn't know anything about Butthead. And what he's saying is just kind of cliched crap. Right. So I, a part of me is like, oh, man, he's kind of breaking that old guy's heart. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, he doesn't know anything about Butthead. So he does suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's – I – well, I want to get. What's your opinion of the the way this uh, this episode ends? Um, it's it's uh, 
So should we, I guess we should go over it real quick. So the, sh- the show ends. Um, there's Remind me to go back to the one-on-one point as well. Okay, it's not just the, like the last scene. I mean, yeah, kind oh. of everything that leads to it. Okay. Um, to go back a couple of episodes between you and I, mm-hmm. and I won't name the teacher here, though, but to relate, and I, I won't even call which one of us did this, but I know it uh, in our hearts it might, uh, <laughs> it might be shown here with the reaction. But Beavis tells a woman that she looks really old and ugly. <laughs> now, if I remember, there was a uh, it was a middle school incident where oh, yes. there was a there was oh, a time <laughs> there was a time that a teacher was directly told she looked really ugly in a younger picture, like maybe a high school or college age picture, which I believe sent her to tears. So. Um, very uncomfortable and again a parallel that I that I re- instantly thought of that. Oh yeah, well now I'm in a great mood. And I, I still contend I was. I don't remember how, but I know I was joking. But uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm coming clean. But um, God damn it, <laughs> you jerk. Sorry. But um, well, I had to toss that in there. Fair, fair enough. But uh, can I? I was getting off that. Um, I don't think, now I've usually pointed out like a lot of times certain scenes thematically won't work that well for me, but I don't care if it's funny. I didn't really find the ending to be all that funny. And I got, I don't think it really works like almost really at all because it it ends with, um, now Mr. Spelling had pointed out like, oh, he was happy that Beavis and Butthead were channeling their anger and all that. But he also at the end says, you've made the most progress of all um, before they leave the group. And there's, yeah, there's literally nothing that happened that should lead him to say that, yeah, he's, he saw one of them. Uh, they said, they told a guy he sucked. Um, they reenacted a murder and they told a, a woman she was old. And it's kind of one of those things where you say, well, it's Beavis and Butthead. But I, one thing that this show has always done really well in, a, in multiple episodes is have Beavis and Butthead sort of accidentally stumble into like expressing a belief that made people think that they were learning their lesson. Like my favorite example, and this is one of my favorite jokes in the show is from the episode, but is it art where Mr. Van Driesen takes the class to an art exhibit. Uh, he takes me to an art museum and he's, he says the line, they say great art is difficult to understand, but easy to enjoy. And as they say this, as he's saying this, they pan over to Beavis and Butthead, who are like standing right at the the dick of the uh, the Michelangelo's David statue, which I think most people don't know. But if you don't know, it's 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 a, it's a famous statue of a naked man. And looking at his penis, Butthead says, "Hey, Beavis, it's like it's hard, but it's not hard." And he's correct, like, butthead. Very good, butthead. That's right. <laughs> Hilarious, and yes. it worked in the state of the show. And I feel like there was something they could have done here to make that happen, but he just like he he gave him a pass for them just being awful, and you know it led to them you know going to Van Driesen's office with uh, to well for butthead to take Mick a Vicker's office. Or, yeah, Mick Vicker's office. Sorry. Um, Butthead took a leak on a plant and uh, Beavis took a shit. And incidentally enough, 
I believe this is the second episode in a row where uh, Be- we've talked about Beavis taking a dump outside of a toilet. I didn't really like it last week, and I didn't really like it this <laughs> week. So I-, I think we found my threshold for humor here. Well, I will challenge you here, though, Clay. Okay. I think the the ending where the group therapy leader um, says, you know, just let it flow is very, the ending is very similar to Patsy's, which I think you enjoyed of them using like letting it flow. So they use, uh, they use positively um, with the Patsy's, you know, they were positive acting teams and they brought up the term positive. We kind of talked about where they can have that cutting sarcasm uh, I think you could say the let it flow and then urinating and taking a crap is uh, in that same vein. I mean, it is, but I think Patsy's did it much better. I just kind of, I wish, I, I think it's just, you know, part of, I really like, you know, that, that sort of them accidentally kind of coming and they, and the show has done it well on multiple instances. I just feel like that, there was a possibility to do it here. And I just got, I, I, I mean, there's a lot of funny stuff up to that point, but yeah, it, it kind of, it definitely limps to the finish line. It was a little, a little wonky too in McVicker's office. Cause they're just like, I'm going to walk over here and do this now. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just uh, from a let it flow standpoint, I, I connected the dots. I don't think I had the biggest problem with a uh, big uh, problem with it as you did, but, uh, yeah. but either way, I, so, I will, uh, I will bring ahead. it up though. I have to comment on uh, Spelling's haircut. Very Howie Mandel from Bobby's World esque. Yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a great haircut. I, I had to get that in there. So if he had just maybe if he'd blown up a surgical glove with his nose like Howie Mandel, oh, you know, I would yeah. have liked it better. But um, yeah, it's a, a hit and miss one uh, episode for me. But um, there are some there's some music videos going on. I think some good a good collection here, Adam. Um, what we have for this time around: uh, "Love Is Strong" by the Rolling Stones, "High Hope Blues" by the Black Crows, and "Dig in the Grave" by Faith No More. Uh, what what stood out to you this time around? Um, the Rolling Stones, that video is them being giants. A really great line that I didn't expect was, you know, they were talking about fifi phone foam, you know, yeah. use grinding bones to make bread. <laughs> of course, the term <laughs> grinding bones uh, really got them going there. Um, and then again, I, I don't know what Mike Judge's uh, commentary, like, what his statement is, but anytime there's any sort of sensitivity or feeling shown, whether there was, you know, uh, uh, Beavis in this video, I can't remember what he was. He was just kind of sharing his feelings and uh, then Butthead slaps him around. But anytime there's a little a glimpse of outside of the norm, Butthead or even Beavis is, is silenced it. So uh, that happens again. I enjoyed that video commentary. Uh, the black the black crows high uh, high head blues. I uh, I'm going out on a limb here, Clay. I don't I don't know if I'm in the minority or what, but I think the black crows are overrated. Maybe that's a conversation for a different time. But I I don't think I've heard anybody mention the black crows in a long time. I've never really. Um, I mean, yeah, there people I, that I have, like them really no like them though. You know. I, Oh, oh sure. you never listen to the Black Crows like full disc- disc- 
I'm not even, I can't even say the word. I'm so flustered with the black crows, but (laughs) it's um, a rare moment of ineloquence from you, Adam. I I didn't get much out of that. That video was kind of weird and nothing stuck out to me. Maybe I was just too blinded by my um, anti-black crows. The Robinson brothers. Sure. And then uh, Faith No More, uh, I didn't get much out of that either, except Faith No More did sound weird, which I think they both commented on. So, Yeah. Um, one thing like to circle back with the Rolling Stones, like, because, yeah, they were, the sight of them walking around, like, destroying buildings like that was eerily similar to uh, the opening sequence from Beavis and Butthead to America, which came uh, out uh, a year and a half later and was a dream sequence. So I don't know if that was kind of a deliberate crossover. But um, yeah, and then I actually, now for anybody, uh, this is a couple weeks in a row for me, uh, you know, I pointed out the uh, not liking Beavis pooping jokes. So like, if in case anybody thought that this was like a matter of me just like, well, I just don't care for this scatological quote unquote humor. I'll pull back from the pretension. Like, I actually thought there were two solid turd jokes in both the Black Crows and Faith No More. Uh, the Black Crows one was uh, Beavis's mom's cat swallowing a string and pooping out rope, which Beavis said was like sausage links. <laughs> it was fun to me. And also, um, yeah, they were both bored enough to the faith and during the Faith No More video where Butthead wanted to lie down and Beavis wouldn't get up. So to trick him, he told him that uh, his uncle came over and quote, left a six foot poop in the toilet and didn't flush (laughs) knowing that Beavis would get up, which I mean, yeah, perfectly in character and kind of to circle back in seventh grade or in middle school. uh, Do you recall a time when you got me out of class to look at a giant turd that was in the toilet near, near the, near the high school band room? I stand by that a couple episodes where you referenced that there were no doors on these toilets. So it wasn't, you didn't have to, I wasn't peeking in every stall. This bad boy was sticking out of the water and had flies on it. I stand by that that action of getting you out. I, of I, no, I, it looked like a football that was like eighty percent inflated. So, so I bet Tom Brady would like it. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Hey, keep man, if sports out of Beavis and Butthead. If this came out six years earlier, we would have our finger right on the pulse of what's happening in America. I didn't like that joke. Good. Good job. Thank you. All right, I think we're going to take anything else to add. I don't want to take away anything else from. Uh... I, I don't think so. I, I, I like not to spoil the ending, but I like the next episode much better. So uh, uh, let's get our break spoiled. in and we'll dive right in. Ending spoil back after this. Buff Code and Beaver. Buff Code and Beaver. Second half. We're on the back nine. Any other cliches for uh, the latter half of the show here? Uh, no, I just like to take it one episode at a time, so I don't, I don't look ahead that Did much. Did you make any halftime adjustments? Uh, no. I'm not very clever. Uh, that's fine. I put you on the spot. Is that a rule of improv to not ask, ask questions? Maybe hey, you're the improv. I've never been I, in an I, improv troupe. That's. A, I think you just wanted to brag about your comedic brilliance. Yeah, you know, I did just want to work it in there. Thank you. Um, all right. So the second episode, murder site. 
murder site, the duo decides to check out a nearby murder site, and Butthead finds a new way to really annoy Beavis. It was uh, season five, episode 45. Uh, directed by Mike Judge and Yvette Kaplan. The writers, whoa, the writers are Christopher Brown and Mike Judge. Clay, you've already spoiled it. You uh, you liked Murder Sight. I, this is a really weird episode to me in that this it might be the only one I would say, I think this is a great episode, and yet I don't really think it's all that funny. Um, it's... No, we we talked before. I'll just get your impressions because I know you said you hadn't seen it a while. I told you this is maybe the darkest episode I can remember. What was your takeaway? Um, you know, right off the bat, the Baywatch. <laughs> I'm in with them watching Baywatch. Yeah. Overall, though, I'll, I'll stick to the overall feel of it. Um, you know, kind of reflecting upon it right now, I – I think it was kind of predictable, though. Like, I knew what the inside of the apartment of the murder was gonna, going to look like. And, yeah, I've, I've seen it. But, like, I, I, I like the episode, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I thought it was kind of predictable on what, and where it went. Um, but I did enjoy the uh, detectives in the, in the scene at the jail, too. So, um, it, for what, as, much, as predictable as I think it was, it, it had some great stuff at the end that I really liked. And I think this is one to me where like, I think if people, I know there's like people who maybe don't like buy into the, the fact that, oh no, there's social commentary in this show. This might be one I would point to because it's like the, the effect we get, you know, of the scene from the previous episode with the pillow at the therapy group only like taken into the real world, which that scene I thought was very funny. This leads to something that is decidedly not and really kind of a highlight. One of how unhand, I mean, Beavis, most of his like mental issues kind of manifest, you know, like into Cornholio and stuff like this. But this, I mean, you get a sense of how unhinged he is and just sort of how toxic their friendship really is. And there's tension really from the start of this episode, because yeah, they're watching Baywatch right as like a woman's about to take her shirt off, which I don't, I don't believe there was ever actually nudity on Baywatch, but it cuts to a news report about there being, a, yeah, this, a murder where, you know, a, a, an off abused brother uh, snapped and killed his, his other, his brother uh, who was his abuser, but Butthead uh, falsely believes that Beavis changed the channel so they're fighting over that. They don't hear any of the details. They just know like, oh, there's this murder that took place and they know where it is. Let's go check it out. And, um, and on the way there, yeah, we, we hear, uh, uh, and I don't know if this was the first time we ever heard it, but uh, Butthead unleashes the insult butt knocker at Beavis, who according to, I believe the Urban Dictionary defini- definition is one who knocks butts. If I remember correctly, <laughs> that's and it's just it's kind of one of those things where you know Butthead has no issue in this in this episode. Uh, Butthead calls Beavis a dumbass and a butt munch, like to no avail. But yeah, Butt Knocker really kind of gets under his skin, and there's always just like you know, this is, this is our third fucking reference to middle school here. But I remember you and uh, other people. I remember because like, I kind of have thick, sort of poofy hair. And there was a, a deal at one point in, like, I think seventh grade where everybody called me Fro. 
And uh, like looking back, I don't know why it bothered me so much, but uh, that's just one of those little things. Like I think when you're a kid that just kind of, uh, well, basically explain yourself to why you, why you felt like torturing me. You know, that the whole podcast, the reason I'm doing this is just to apologize for that right now. And I'm glad, I'm glad it took, I'm not, I'm not proud that it took seven episodes, but I apologize for the comics we drew and the heartache and um <laughs> you drew comics you asshole yeah it's a, I, I don't you can, you don't remember I, you were some sort of superhero who could stop planes and trains with your gigantic poofy hair so uh, really really <laughs> no, I feel admiring like now, you. now i just feel like my sensitivity ruined a whole media empire you yeah. drawn, but um damn well apology accepted i mean All i right, wish you brought up that that incident of one of us calling a teacher ugly, but uh, you know what? <laughs> one step forward, one step back. But um, all of this, you know, the repeated use of the word butt knocker uh, leads to um, a big blow up once they actually get inside uh, the murder site. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it, it's a dark scene. And uh, you know what? Let's just play it for the folks at home and let them make up their minds themselves. Let's see what's on TV. Beavis, I told you I wasn't going to let you touch the remote anymore. Now give me that, butt knocker. No way, and stop calling me butt knocker. Get it here before I kick your butt knockering ass. Stop calling me that, butt Stop it. Butt knocker. Shut up, butt Shut up. I'm going to kill you, butt I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. You and what other butt knockers? Shut up, butt Butt knocker. Butt knocker. Butt knocker. I'll kill you, butt Yeah, son of a bitch. Come on, let me go. I'm gonna kill butt I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> so cool. That's, I will say, this, one of my favorite types of scenes in now this usually just works in like sort of dramas or horror movies um but it could work in comedy too i love scenes where there's just simmering tension and you just like it just you sit in it and it builds and it ultimately leads to like this big kind of blow up um i guess kind of a reference i don't know if you ever saw the movie hereditary yes i have the dinner table scene in hereditary um the don't you swear at me, you little shit, is the, the scene. Like, I, I, I love that sequence. And I just, like, anytime, like, a, you get a really well-acted sort of explosion of anger that kind of comes out, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. And this, to me, falls into that category. I think it's a great vocal performance by Mike Judge uh, just leading, you know, you just feel the simmering hatred that Beavis has at his friend who won't stop calling him this name he likes. And um, I love the, the kick of the lamp when he says, I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. Like adds a nice bounce to it. I just, uh, that I, I I'm a sucker for those types of scenes. You don't, wouldn't expect it out of Beavis and Butthead, but this one, the, it, it hits for me. It really does. I think of uh, home alone two where Kevin walks in on uncle Frank in the shower. That's uh, the tension that, <laughs> I, I think okay. that's in that same. Is that in the ballpark, or it's at least it's in the team photo? I ha- I can't even remember the last time I saw Home Alone. Well, too. check that out. We can get back to me. Okay, we'll, we'll see we'll, if it stacks up. We get to see any peen shots. 
No, it's it's PG. <laughs> it is but, PG. Uh, uh, but, you know, I won't spoil it for, for you, though, too. I'll, I'll let you look into it. But I think a big reason why I like this one so much better than the last one. By the way, this is the exact same creative team as the last episode. Um, I didn't th- I thought that script didn't really work. Even, I mean, I guess I didn't notice like any sort of predictability. Maybe it was, but there's so many elements and like attention to detail here. Um, the remote, the whole thing started with uh, B- Butthead falsely believing Beavis changed the channel. And when they get to the apartment, it starts because he picks up the remote. Um, I do love, I mean, even the little details, I mean, yeah, the, the hole in the apartment's in the same place. The couch has it's a the hole. exact same apartment. Yeah. And I, I also love too, when Beavis is like messing with the remote, he initially sits down to what would be his right, but then instinctively just slides over to the left side of the couch because that's his spot. Cause it almost, I mean, yeah, it, it's almost kind of a weird fantasy sequence, um, in, in a way, which I mean, yeah. I guess I liked it more than you did. And a big thing is too, um, and I do think, I mean, I guess this technically is a more serious episode, but it's not, it all plays perfectly within the standard tone of a Beavis and Butthead Butthead episode. This is not like a, you know, oh, everyone, we've had a lot of laughs here, but it's time (laughs) to take a serious look at mental illness. I mean, it's... It just, it all worked. I will say, though, I do feel like they missed a joke with the detective interrogate. Well, basically what happens is uh, the cops come in, take Beavis away, put him in a jail cell, which, by the way, any chance do you think the guy in the cell with him was the, the murderer brother from earlier? I was assuming that, yeah. It's, it's certainly possible, but, yeah, that's, that's possible. I mean, yeah, that's something I thought of, too. But um, the detective tells uh, Butthead, uh, your friend's uh, fingerprints are all over the scene and they're making things hard on us. <laughs> I, I thought uh, that he, he, he said hard on. That's, uh, he would have thought <laughs> that he would have thought that. But, uh, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it eventually ends. Uh, they, he could have put Beavis away, but Butthead didn't because he didn't want to put, he didn't want to fill out a form. And uh, I, I love that part. And when, you know, I alluded to it earlier, <laughs> when they have, they have Beavis in a lineup and just the, the look of the characters, the guy that he shared the jail cell with is drawn like an average person. And then there's a, you know, a six, five black guy to the right of Beavis and the, uh, you know, a guy that's a foot taller and to the left and just Beavis's head, which is like two feet long. Like <laughs> I love that contrast of like, these characters are just different. And then Butthead picks them out, obviously. Um, I, I really just enjoyed that visual. That visual um, the shot of Beavis with a cigarette in the jail cell <laughs> made me laugh, too. Like, yes. I, I, there's no way he could have handled smoking that, but it just cut in. He's, yeah, yeah that, was, that was good stuff. Well, where I think, where I, well, I'll say it was predictable is because I think right from the start when they said he was a... Um, a fratricide, which I have not, I wasn't, I wanted to get that in. I hadn't heard that term before and I, I, I read either. it on the Wikipedia's uh, page. So, but like, 
just the description of the murder and the circumstances. You're like, okay, so this is going to immediately lead to them. And then when I knew when, once they got to the apartment, it was going to look exactly like theirs. And uh, maybe I'm just that cerebral. Like, I mean, I don't think it was necessarily trying to subvert expectations in any kind of way. I mean, it's just, uh, I just, I mean, yeah, I think, I think it shows a different side of the Beavis and Butthead dynamic the the fact i mean just really the that's basically the worst case scenario because one other thing i thought about and this is kind of moving ahead um there was a season eight episode uh called crying i don't know if you remember off the top of it, but basically it starts um because they're watching some sort of dating reality show and just dogging on it but while they're doing it beavis is eating a chili dog with an onion on it and it gets in his nose and it just makes him tear up a little bit. And the whole episode is butthead ragging on him for crying. Well, the way it ends with them in a retirement home, (laughs) butthead literally says you were crying and and then laughs and falls over dead. And Beavis says, I was not crying and I'm not crying now either and kicks him in the ribs. (laughs) And I just thought like, that is probably the best case scenario for how this friendship would end in real life. And worst case would have been, you know, what would happen if the cops hadn't come in and kicked the door down there? I agree. There were music videos in this one though, too, Clay. Um, A repeat, uh, Violet by Hole, John Fogarty, Old Man Down the Road, and The Goops, Booz Cabana. Any uh, anything that stood out to you in those three? Yeah, uh, yeah. The one, the repeat. I know there the, that happens from time to time because uh, yeah, we did talk about Violet and Ding Dong Ditch. But if you want to, you know, call one particular knockoff, it should be noted this episode aired before Ding Dong Ditch. So <laughs> make sure to be right angry at the right at the the right episode. Um, yeah, the I thought there was some good stuff. I like the John Fogerty one. Beavis made reference to. Um, getting off a haunted house amusement park ride to scare people. And he took a witch's broom, but instead of putting it between his legs, he stuck it up his butt. And then uh, he ended up rupturing his his sphincter and he he claimed to have a splinter in his bunghole the size of a pencil. And um, why what would possess anyone to think? I mean, because you know the witch is, I mean, you see the broom coming out between the legs. How could you do that if you shoved it up your ass? I don't know. And um, there's that. I also, um, in the uh, in the Goops episode, or the Goops video, you know, we recently talked about, it was uh, a Bon Jovi video. I don't remember the name of it, but um, where Beavis liked one particular part and Butthead got so out upset that he started beating it up, beating him up. And Beavis ultimately like stood up for himself to the point where he turned he turned around and actually said, Bon Jovi rules. We get the complete opposite of that one in the Goops video, where um, he mentions something about Todd Rundgren. Yes, I was gonna go there. And I <laughs> he says the uh, Butthead says who? And Beavis said, You don't know who Todd Rundgren is? Is <laughs> No, and you don't either. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> but he's just, 
it's it's it's. I think it's kind of a, a rollover of the dynamic of the the dominant and the uh, submissive one, where he just outright <laughs> refuses to even acknowledge he knows who that guy is based on what Butthead says. Do you know who Todd Rundgren is, though, Clay? That's the question here. I, I know the name. I know he's a musician. I mean, I looked up if he if there was any photos of him in high heels because that's what sparked. Beavis's uh, interest, but I'm, I'm, I, I suspect you might know more than me. I no, no, I, it just made me do some quick research. Uh, heavily uh, influential producer um, influenced people such as Prince, Hollow Notes, Bjork, and Daft Punk uh, so, cite his work as influencing them, which is a, uh, but did, did some work with Grand Funk, Funk Railroad. Um, a few other bands, but just uh, a lot of different stuff. Interesting uh, guy, but yes, I, <laughs> I had no idea who he was, and Beavis didn't either. Yeah, yeah, I, I had heard the name, but I wasn't. Yeah, that that was my favorite part of the. Video. I don't even know what that. Like, I hope that's just like an inside joke of Todd Rundgren in high heels that yeah. <laughs> somehow Mike Judge knows about because I, that's what I was looking for, the connection with high heels, and maybe he wore that a lot, but I didn't see anything referenced to high heels a lot. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I, I've kind of let it be known, but uh, you know, we'll just ask you, Adam, uh, I, what's your favorite episode of the two? Oh, man, I, you know, I, I haven't thought about it into this exact moment. I really didn't. Um, always always prepared. I, I, I'd like to have spontaneous uh, reactions to which one is better. To be honest with you, I, I, I hadn't thought about how in-depth, uh, I liked your in-depth take of Murder Side, which made me appreciate it more. So I will, I will tip your... Um, analysis to me probably liking murder side more after reflecting a bit so. hooray i'm an influential person there you are yes and this is a rare one i actually even though i think it kind of peters out comedically after the uh, the pillow beating i will say close encounters probably is funnier there are some big laughs but overall yeah this is a a fairly comfortable win for murder side for me just because i i think it's it, it, it gives you a chance to kind of appreciate the show in a different light without it kind of bending over backwards to like make you, to, to make you feel like you're supposed to be feeling something. It's all in the same universe. And I, I, I have a deep appreciation for this one. Yeah. It, it wasn't the, um, you know, I always think of home improvement. Randy sold weed on next week's home yeah. improvement, you know, Beavis, dives into domestic abuse you know <laughs> like like yeah, yeah. you're exactly right um, it's i it's the the very special episode i just <laughs> yes. I, did, I didn't want to point that out just because there is a beavis and butthead episode called a very special episode so i thought that might be confusing but yeah it, it, it it's it does not fall into that territory at all home improvement i don't believe did Mark, there was a, a one where Mark made a movie where he wanted to kill the Taylor family but i think it was all fake <laughs> I I don't know. I can't remember that dude. You've seen it maybe a couple more times than I have. All right, murder site the clear victor this week. Um, you, next week and contact info, Clayton. 
I will get into it next week. Uh, we're going to take a trip to the world, burger world, that is. The talk. I mean, there's no shortage of episodes to discuss uh, with the burger world setting. Uh, it might be something we revisit in the future, but uh, we are going to start out with the episodes Tainted Meat, one that I... Uh, one, I think one of the most, me- I don't know if it's one of the best, but I think one of the most memorable episodes of all time. And then uh, the episode, No Service, which will be on the docket for next week. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so via electronic mail at buffcoatandbeaverpod at gmail.com. Or you can contact us on Facebook at buffcoatandbeaverpod. We are getting to the point this is a pointless thing to bring up because this will, everything will have already been out, but we are fast approaching, as of this recording, our release date. And um, I'm, I'm excited, Adam. I'm excited to see what the people think. And I'm sure that excitement will carry over once our subscriber numbers just explode in the coming weeks. <laughs> Did you just get excited and then, like, sarcastically temper your expectations in the yes, same I, sentence yes, i did it's a, it's a never-ending well, motion I, I can't pretend to be optimistic very well but i, I you know I, i'm happy to put it out there in the world i'll say that and uh the half dozen people or so who've said that they're interested you know what that makes all the difference or at least partial difference i agree clay i'm having fun and we're rocking and rolling here and, and next you know, week you know what? And that's another thing. We're recording this two days before Thanksgiving, and I'm thankful I get to do this with my best friend. Oh, my God. I'm so sweet. Oh, thank you, Clay. I'm a straight-up sweetie pie. Yes. And you, and, you know, you were my fourth choice to do this uh, podcast with, but I am thankful that you said yes. So. Top five. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. And, uh, in you know, Surprise, next week we're going to talk about Clay's involvement with weed and domestic abuse. So it's a very special episode. I got to dig. I, I had to deal with it after destroying that teacher's mental state, which. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, well, we'll leave it be. Let's just go end it now so I can cry in the corner. Deal. See ya. I'm sorry. <laughs>